Welcome to Broadway Corner with Ashley Ha, where you can hear your favorite performers talk about how they got started, their careers, and everything in between. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Spotify at Broadway Corner with Ashley Ha, and on my main Broadway account at Broadway underscore Corner on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Broadway Corner with Ashley Ha. I am so happy you are here. And today is another Here Lies Love episode. As you know, it is pretty much my favorite show currently um, because of just its incredibleness. I mean, if you've seen it, you know. Um, and today I am speaking with someone who you've seen on Broadway in both Wicked and Here Lies Love. They were the one who donned the in- iconic Filipino flag dress. It is Christina mm. Doucette. <laughs> Hi, Christina. How are you? Doing so good. Yeah. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for asking. I know know, we're both in very busy schedules, but I'm glad we're able to finally make this work after a little bit just to talk about a show that we both love so much. Um, And for a little bio on Christina, Christina is originally from Seattle, Washington, where they grew up training at Allegro Performing Arts Academy. She has been dancing and singing since the age of three, thanks to the encouragement of karaoke and mandatory family talent shows. They graduated (laughs) from Pace University in 2023, where they were in the commercial dance program, so not musical theater. Um, (laughs) And she can currently be seen in the ensemble of Wicked on Broadway. So yeah, hi, Christina. It's so exciting to be talking to you, especially because you're still in the middle of being doing eight shows a week on Broadway. Yeah, to make time for me um, just to talk to you about you, your journey. I mean, you've done so much and you're you just graduated college last year. So, I mean, yeah. that in itself is a very big achievement. Um, mm-hmm. uh, first, I think we should go all the way back to the beginning. Little Christina, can you talk about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school and how you discovered, I guess, not just theater, but maybe dance and performance? Yeah, so I am not from Seattle proper. I'm from a city 30 minutes south in the suburbs called Auburn, Washington. Um, And my mom put me in dance classes because uh, at the the movie theater, they, I don't know if they have these anymore. I haven't seen them recently, but they used to have like the Dance Dance Revolution machines with the arrows. And when I was like two, three years old, every time we went to the movie theater, I would go over to that and just shuffle my feet away. And they were like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe dance lessons is a good idea. So they put me in like classic ballet tap classes at a studio about five minutes from our house. Um, I joined the competitive dance team when I was about six years old. Uh, I had a jazz solo to cha-cha heels, which was fierce. Um, I won absolutely nothing and I was not very good, but I had a great time. Um, And then when I was about 10 years old, I switched to Allegro Performing Arts Academy, um, which was a very, was, is still a very well-renowned studio in the Pacific Northwest. Um, they train in everything. They have a competitive dance team. Um, and I, I joined their competitive team my first year being there. Um, and I was there until I graduated high school. Um, but I didn't really 
get into theater or decide that I really wanted to pursue theater as a career, I think until high school, probably. And by this point, I was mostly a dancer. I think um, I in middle school, um, I did our musicals at school. We did like any junior and I got to be Molly and the star to be, which was a thrilling moment for me as a sixth grader. Um, and then in eighth grade, we did the Little Mermaid Junior, and I got the opportunity to play Ariel, which was very exciting for me. Um, I refused to wear a red wig. <laughs> I refused to wear any wig at all because by this point, I already had a pixie cut with short hair. And um, they kept telling me that I had to wear a wig because I was a mermaid. And I was like, well, that doesn't really make sense because mermaids aren't real. And also Ariel is like rebellious. So I'm pretty sure she would also agree that I didn't have to wear a wig to be a mermaid. So they let me not wear a wig. And I, it was obviously because this is middle school double casted. So the other girl looked exactly like Ariel and had like, she wore the red wig and like her mom made her these costumes that looked exactly like the ones from the movie. And I came out there with my pixie cut and the costumes that didn't fit me very well, but I just, I was just having a good time. Um, and I think it was after that, not necessarily after that, but I think something about doing those musicals in middle school catapulted me into high school being like, I think that theater is where I'm supposed to be. Um, I think that for me, the more commercial world of things, film and television, I didn't, I don't love as much as I love doing theater and being able to be live on stage with people in real time with a real audience. I think there was something incredibly alluring about that to me. And so through high school, I, because of my dance schedule, didn't necessarily have time to do the musicals after school. The only one that I participated in was we did the Adams Family my junior year of high school. I auditioned for Morticia, slayed the dance part, but then when we had to sing in front of everyone, I got so nervous that I sang offbeat the entire time. Needless to say, I did not get cast as Morticia, but I got to be in the ensemble, which was fun for me. And I got to learn a lot about what it's like to actually be a theater kid in high school and what that looks like. Um, and then my senior year, I couldn't be in the musical because of my dance schedule. I was traveling around with various um, dance convention companies as an assistant. So I was gone most weekends and I wasn't gonna be able to be there for like opening night of the show that they were doing. Um, but I volunteered my time, I believe. I'm pretty sure I didn't get paid for this. Um, but I volunteered my time to be the choreographer of the musical. Um, we did 
you're in town. And I think that was, honestly, I think choreographing it was more fun than being in it for me because I got to have a lot of creative liberty in that and learn more about the musical because I was choreographing it. Um, yeah, and then coming to Pace, I think was the only school for dance that I could have possibly come to and felt like I could still pursue theater. Um, they do a really great job of well-rounded training and that's why I ended up picking it. And now we're here and somehow we're on Broadway and somehow we've done two shows. That's really insane to me. Um, yeah, I and that's sort of how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> what brought you you know to to the now um and yeah oh my gosh so much to think about you were mostly a dancer but like did theater and did this and this and this choreographing um and like then going to pace for a commercial dance and not doing it but like since this theater is still very much involved in that world of pace um i mean i auditioned for pace too for me <laughs> Like it is one of those schools that just has really good um, dance programs and theater programs and kind of like Boko too. We actually have commercial dance now. I think it's like a newer thing um, where it's like it's not as much in the theater world, but very much like, you know, you're training every single day. I know they have a lot of 8 a.m. So I'm like, that sounds crazy. Um, <laughs> but how, what went into you choosing like commercial dance? Like, was that something that you always thought about? Because, I mean, for us here we have like contemporary and then I the the commercial or you're in theater or you know contemporary theater I'm like there's a lot of different things but what went into like choosing your major I guess and and deciding what you wanted to do and how many years was the program it was a, it's a four-year program um yeah four-year program you have to do all four years even if you like transfer from somewhere else they usually make you start over again from the top because of how regimented the program is um but i think when i was researching schools or just hearing about different schools from other people i knew i was going to school because i am a child of an immigrant mother and i was like it's only respectful that i do go to school um and so I knew I was gonna go for something in the arts. And for me, it was between musical theater or dance and looking at other schools and other dance programs, I felt like Pace was the only one that would keep me as versatile as I wanted to be. And I also loved that it was in New York instead of California, because I know a lot of people love like USC and things like that, because I believe they also have a commercial dance program. But as far as I know, it's not as I feel like commercial as Paces is. I think it's becoming more commercial now, but initially it was it's definitely still more ballet modern based, whereas I feel like Paces program is definitely very heavily jazz influenced, which I feel like isn't something that you see in a lot of collegiate dance programs. Um, so it was between dance or musical theater. And I only applied to one other school other than Pace um, <laughs> through a 
dance competition I got a like full scholarship to AMDA <laughs> so I auditioned for their musical theater program and I don't think I even got in but that was the only other audition that I did um and I'm also very lucky in that I got into PACE under unique circumstances um PACE does a lot of audition outreach I guess and so I was at a nationals dance competition where the head of the program Rhonda Miller came and held an audition for like the the seniors um and there were like a thousand something people in that room because it's nationals and everyone is there and you had to do a ballet combination and a jazz combination. And then from that, they picked some people to have like scholarships to their fall intensive. And then like the big thing was they were going to admit one person with a $75,000 scholarship. And I was very fortunate to be that one person that got picked to have the opportunity to go. And um this happened before my senior year. So I was pretty sure that I was gonna go to PACE. So it's, that's why I only also applied to AMDA just in case. Yeah. Um, but I am so glad that it's where I ended up. I think no other school could have been more right for me. Yeah, and that's what a tremendous, like amazing opportunity that you had of just like, you know, you only you kind of knew your direction from the beginning of your senior year where most people are still trying to figure it out. I mean, the fact that you only had to apply to technically two schools is amazing. Yeah. Time where yeah. Some people do 20 schools or 30 schools and I, I did 14. So I'm like, I did not even do that much, but I've already felt like it was overwhelming. Um, <laughs> So thank God for you. You're like, okay, I can kind of breathe and, and relax and enjoy, you know, your senior year instead of instead of running around like a chicken with the head cut off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And did you ever see yourself doing anything other than performing? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I knew from a very young age that it was what I was meant to do and what I wanted to do with my career um yeah the only other passion that I have is psychology so I ended up minoring in that um and it's something that is still very interesting to me so it's more of just like a hobby <laughs> but um I don't think I could have pursued it as a career yeah well that's great then I'm like there's some people they're always going in between two things but for you it's like you seem like you always knew exactly where you were meant to be um yeah let's talk about here lies love um <laughs> the reason that you know i i met you and and the rest of the cast and discovered this beautiful show um and this was your first time being in it because i do not think you could have been in the original production um <laughs> that's what i said i said that to nathan i was like i do not think you would have been in the original production because of um age uh <laughs> yep. What was your process of getting involved? I've heard from a lot of people. It was a lot of like open call stuff. Was it the same for you? Um, for me, I saw the uh, the like casting notice. I think Here Lies Love posted about it like on their Instagram. Um, and it said like, look like for an all Filipino show, like disco musical. And 
disco is my favorite era a genre of music so I was like oh my god like and it's a Filipino show like I have to be a part of this so I texted my agents and I was like I need to be in this I think I need I like have to I have to be in this mm -hmm. um so they got me an audition appointment and um the first audition I had we went in and sang and we sang part of the Here Lies Love and then we had to do two two sides I think it was the two two like reporter sides oh, yeah. um, one of them was the one that Sarah Kay did in the show with Aquino and then the other one was like the one where Jasmine and Melody are talking to each other during Please Don't. Um, and we had to do that. And that's the first time I had ever gone into an audition and not danced first. Um, so I was shitting my pants for <laughs> lack of better words. I'm sorry, can I cuss on this podcast? Okay. <laughs> um, I was shitting my pants. Um, and you walk into the room and it's, Alex Timbers and David Byrne and just all of these people that I really looked up to and I've I've been a fan of Alex Timbers for a really long time um so it was insane to get in a room with him sitting right in front of you um but I ended up getting a call back after that and then I went in and did a dance call with I like I think 15 to 20 other female identifying people. Um, and we did what was supposed to be the finale of the show, which got taken out sometime during previews, I think. We went through a lot of iterations of the finale. And I think that like, but that was what our audition combination was. Um, and we did that. And then we, I got another call back and got called in to do the same two sides that I had done before, um, saying Here Lies Love Again, and then also saying um, Just Ask the Flowers, or part of, I think, the beginning of Just Ask the Flowers. Um, and that time I went in, you had to sing into a mic, and you were, I think it was one of the largest studios at Open Jar, which is one of the bigger studio rental spaces open jar is really nice <laughs> yeah, it's real nice so we were in like one of their biggest spaces you had to sing into the mic and it was like the longest table i'd ever seen of like it it must have been at least like 20 people sitting in front of you and i didn't know who everyone was but like again alex was there and david was there and i think the choreographers were there as well annie b parson and um yeah, so that was that was real crazy. Um, and then there was one final dance callback after that, where I think it was like everyone that had auditioned before. So they had all the male identifying people come in as well. And like all of the alumni or like people that had done the show before, um, all in one room to do that like finale choreography that we had learned before. And that dance callback, the final dance callback was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had in an audition room in my entire life. 
Um, for me, the dance in this show is not as hard or as stressful as I think I'm more used to. So I felt very confident going in already. And then, um, well, I, I did feel confident going in, but I was also dealing with a muscle spasm that day in my neck. So I like couldn't turn my head, which was really crazy. Um, immediately had to go to the ER after the audition, but that's a different story entirely. Um, but at the end of the audition, we all started singing the Filipino national anthem, which was hysterical. And like, not everyone in there was Filipino. Some of them were other Asian ethnicities, but everyone just like clapped along. And like, it just, I was like, oh, this, this would be really fun to be a part of, to be a part of this energy on a constant basis. Um, and then I remember my agents telling me like two weeks later or something that I was on available, like they wanted to use me, but they weren't sure what role I was going to play. And they asked me if I was interested in swinging. And I was like, well, if it means that I would get to be a part of the show, I would, I would do it. Um, uh, and then I remember, I know the day that I got the call from my agents was the day after they announced that Leia Salonga was going to play Aurora Aquino because I remember I hadn't gotten the call yet and I was sort of letting go of the idea I was like okay I didn't book it and that's okay you know it's the opportunity wasn't meant for me and then they announced Leia and I was back in I was like oh my god I have to do this I was like it has to happen um and then I got the call the next morning from my agents that I had booked it and I got to be in the ensemble which meant that I got to be on stage every night um and I cried a lot um and I was definitely in disbelief to be in an original Broadway cast of Filipinos telling a Filipino story um yeah, so that's what my audition process was like. It was it was long, but I think um, I I got a lot more private calls than I feel like. I know Nathan like came from like the open call, open call, and like I don't know how he he is a special bird for making it all the way through all of those because that's it's hard to weed through people in that. No, it's so tough. I remember like talking I think to Tim and Sarah, and I think they both did the open call if I'm if I'm forgetting, I don't remember, but it's like, you know, either to do that or to just try and get in the room somehow, because you know, you're so right for this show, um, is, you know, important. And, and thank God you made it through. And, and because <laughs> Leia, you announced Leia, you're like, okay, this has to happen now because Leia's doing it. So yeah. I have to be a part of it and it all worked out. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and since you got to be on stage every single night, what was your favorite like moment to perform? Oh, I mean, the flag dress moment, really, it just, that was so special to me. And I, I talked about it on my Instagram, but I really was nervous going into the show before our like first day of rehearsal. I was scared that I was going to be the only one that didn't speak Tagalog and I was scared that they were going to be like you're too white for this show like you don't even look Filipino and um I remember our our music director Jay actually told me like um they weren't sure if 
I was Filipino because I, I like I didn't have like the flag in my Instagram bio. I hadn't really talked about it on Instagram on like my my grid anywhere. Like I I feel like I've talked about it on my stories all the time, but and it wasn't anywhere on my website yet that I was Filipino. So they weren't sure until I came in for my second singing audition, which was in front of all of the people. Um, and I wore a shirt with the Filipino flag on it. And I remember that day being like, is this too much? Like, I asked my partner day and I was like, I feel like they're going to be like, this is overkill. Like, we know you're Filipino, like you don't need to do that. And I just kind of, I kind of just wore it for good luck. And they were like, yeah, if you hadn't worn that shirt, we wouldn't have known, to be honest, because they can't, they can't legally ask you if you're Filipino. It's, you know, it goes against a lot of things. Um, so I'm really glad that I wore that. But anyway, um, that's why the flag dress moment was so special to me to be a representation of the Philippines itself. Um, when you think that you are not Filipino enough in the first place is really, really special and something that I don't take for granted. And I know it was a really heavy thing for me to take on. And I'm I'm very honored that they trusted me with that part. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I, it just blows you away. You're just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And like <laughs> the giant flag and the Ninoy's little flag. You're like, this is, this is perfect. You're like, I understand what the show is. And also to be like a representation of, of Corey um, as well. And so what was it like for you to step into Corey's shoes? Um, not only just in opposite attraction, but also later on in gate 37, um, just in that, you know, that fateful moment. Um, yeah, what, what just what was it like for you to do that? And to, to know, you know, it's she's the former president as well. So it's like a lot of weight has to go into it when you're playing a real person. Yeah, it was a really big responsibility I felt for how like it and, you know, no matter how little that part is I it still felt like a really important role to me because she's such an important person in Filipino history um I was very nervous um because I don't necessarily consider myself an actor and I know that Conrad has been working on this role for upwards of 10 years and um it's really developed Ninoy and gotten to know him and so I tried to do a lot of research on Corey and watched a lot of interviews that she did with um with other people while Ninoy was um imprisoned and just trying to get a sense of who she actually was um I think I'm lucky that she existed in a time where there was video footage and photographs. Um, and I was definitely very nervous, but I am very proud and honored that they let me, trusted me to do that part. And from what people say, they were like, we felt like you took on her character very well and really portrayed her in honesty. And I'm really, proud of the work that I put in for such a short scene. Um, I didn't have any dialogue in 
the gate 37 scene and um it I wanted to I feel like the flag moment is a little more cheeky I don't think that's how she would have acted in real life um but the gate 37 moment felt a lot more grounded in her character um yeah it was definitely it was definitely very nerve-wracking um I was also worried that people would think that I was playing Conrad's child instead of his wife for a while because I do look a lot younger than him to be fair um but I just tried to take on the I tried to take on the strength of her character a lot she was known to be very strong in a lot of the interviews that I watched even though her family was going through some of the hardest shit that I think a family could go through having her husband wrongfully imprisoned and you know she's still having to be a strong leader for her family and her children she would continue to smile in interviews and when they asked her about that she would say that you know I I do it for my children because if I don't smile through this I'll cry and um I really liked that and I feel like that was a big um catalyst and how I chose to portray Corey in this yeah I think I think you did a beautiful job with the character I remember like all of the times that I saw the show pretty much like that song would start and I would just immediately start bawling my eyes out um to the point where like one time Aaliyah like put her hand on my shoulder to like comfort me because I was crying so hard and then actually like after that a little after that like Renee's um brother um David Avalario he like put his hand on my shoulder to again like to comfort me emotionally like first of all invested and touched by that moment and and just the end of the show really like those those last few songs are just so powerful um and yeah you did such a beautiful job you and Tim and Conrad it was truly just a beautiful beautiful moment um that I know I was not ready for the first time I saw it I was like what is happening just like you know oh my gosh so many emotions and just knowing what was gonna what was to come in the story was a little hard but I think I think it was definitely so necessary and and just a great um representation of the those real life people um yeah and so Going to a little bit of a lighter note, like, do you have a favorite song in the show? <laughs> uh, hard. Um, I think it's different, like, what I like to listen to versus which one I like to perform the most. Oh, my favorite song in the show is Child of the Philippines. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to be in that number so bad. So badly I wanted to be in that number. That's it's, it's like all my favorite choreography that's in the show. Um, my favorite like outfits in the show. I think it is just it's so fun. Um and it like that's a part of the show where everything's still a little bit lighter, so it was yeah. nice. But <laughs> yeah. That's so, my favorite. 
That is a great favorite one, I think. <laughs> it's such a fun number and it's so bubbly and like light and everyone's singing along whether they're Filipino or not. It's just like, it's it's a good moment. Um, and is your favorite costume the flag dress? It has to be. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way it could not be that. <laughs> All the costumes are like fabulous. Clint Ramos, our costume designer, is a genius and like I loved the costumes of the show but that flag dress definitely was a fave of mine yeah I'm like it took the cake of like oh my gosh just like stunning um <laughs> and to you what was the hardest part of being in the show because like technically like dancing wise it's not the hardest thing you've ever done for you um because are dancer dancer like very much well trained and this one it's way more about like it's a little bit more simple it's not like doing triple pirouettes and then you know doing stuff like that and then you know going into like all this all this other stuff it's more of just like controlled a little more compact in just what's being done um so what was if there was a hardest part of being in the show um I think knowing that it was an hour and a half straight through, there are really great pros to that. Um, it goes by a lot faster, I think. And, you know, you you don't notice that the the time is of the show is passing as much, especially coming from a show like Wicked, where it's almost three <laughs> hours and there is an intermission and honestly the ensemble isn't in a ton of act two so we're sitting around backstage a lot this was a very here lies love was a very different experience for me in that sense um no time to pee <laughs> restful some days so like you had i would like pee like three times before the show started because i was so nervous about it um so that was kind of hard i think also for me it was it was hard not to be dancing dancing every single day and our our choreographer annie b parson is incredible and i think her work matched the show perfectly for what it needed um she didn't make it filipino traditional dance but i think just her movement quality and what she does sort of gave it that air without making it actual Filipino traditional dance, which was really interesting to me. Um, yeah, it was it was hard not to be dancing every day. And I felt myself fall out of love with dance a little bit, not doing it in a show every single day. And I thought originally that I was gonna love that the movement was not as difficult um, because I had just been doing a show and school at the same time so I was dancing like 10 hours a day which was a lot um ended up that I actually missed it a lot and that's okay and I learned that I think that I need to be in a show where I'm dancing a little bit more um I think it was also emotionally difficult just knowing it felt very high stakes every night that we performed um not to say that wicked isn't a serious show but we aren't telling the assassination of a leader of a country every night at wicked 
Um, and I think we all collectively felt this um, pressure to really tell this story and tell it well um, every single night. So it, it definitely felt like we wanted to be doing our absolute, absolute best every single time to make sure that the show had the integrity that it needed. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, that was really hard. Yeah, I think it, what I'm hearing, I guess, is more it was hard emotionally rather than physically, where some shows, maybe it's like every day you need to go do PT and like <laughs> get your body back in shape. But like for you, it seemed like it was a lot more of like just the story that you were telling because it is such an important story um, and a hard one to watch or to be in. I know for me, it's like every time I saw the show, I was like, okay, let's go. We're going to go on an emotional roller coaster of just what 90 minutes can do. Um, really, it's so short. But to me, sometimes sometimes when I saw it, I was like, that just felt like two hours, like three hours or something. It, it felt long too, like even in some days. Um, but yeah, it was such an emotional roller coaster but like very fulfilling to watch um and just know like the joy and the love that was being put into it behind behind the table and behind the scenes and through all of the people in it um so yeah and and do you have a favorite filipino food because there is many potlucks i'm told by carol and everyone else about how much food was in the back in backstage at the broadway theater um so what is your favorite because recently i had some filipino food like the pork belly and some filipino spaghetti and i was like yeah this is what i miss because <laughs> i got to go back home i'm not filipino but i you know grew up with tons of people who are like my teacher does in my family so what is your favorite uh, i don't know the name of it every time i have to look it up but it's a thing that my mom has always made me as a kid there's it's pork potatoes peppers peas cooked in, in like a tomato sauce i don't know what it's called and every time I look it up, I forget. And every time I ask my mom, she doesn't actually know what it's called. So I have to Google it every time. Um, but that's that's my favorite thing. I'm sorry, I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's you know, people listening that like know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe they don't, but that that would be my favorite. No, like there is some, you know, sometimes food is like, they don't know what it's called. They just learn from their family and, and it's been passed down and then, you know, whatnot and, and being given to their children. Of Because <laughs> exactly. exactly. food is so much of like, especially different Asian cultures and communities. It's like food is the thing um, that we love to do and have it together. Um, so I'm glad to hear. I'll, maybe I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> Um, and for you, what did it finally mean for you to finally be playing a Filipino character um, for the first time, I think, right? Because usually for Asians, that doesn't happen ever. <laughs> it happens for Asians. I know, like, it was Leia's first time playing a Filipino character, which yeah. is crazy. Um, I think I'm very fortunate to have played a Filipino character so young. Um, I know that's a privilege that not a lot of actors get to play their own ethnicity. Um, 
And it's something that I, I manifested at the beginning of 2023 last year. It was like, I, because we were in the second semester of college. So we were in our classes talking a lot about like our career goals and what we wanted to do after graduation. And I was like, well, I like, I already sort of achieved my biggest dream. I wanted to be on Broadway and I was really fortunate to be in Wicked at the time. And so I was like, well, beyond this, like what could I do next? That would be an even bigger dream than just being on Broadway. And I was like, it would be really freaking cool to be in a new show that was centered on Filipino stories with Filipino people. I was like, it would be dope if like the choreographers were Filipino too. Um, and I think that that show was a manifestation of that for me. Um, Andy Parson is not Filipino by the way, but we did have a Filipino dance captain slash assistant choreographer, um, Renee. Um, but <laughs> it was it was incredibly special and something that I don't know that I'll ever have the chance to do again um it's just not something not an opportunity that comes around very often yeah uh, so I think I I feel very lucky to have checked it off the bucket list of things that I got to do in my career yeah no that's beautiful I think it is such a gift when you when you just get to be yourself on stage and just get to fully live through that instead of pretending in a way because I know there were so many people in Here Lies Love who have been in you know the Miss Saigons and the King and I and things like that and that is very valid and that is a way of most Asian a lot of Asian performers make their living that way but to have an opportunity to change that narrative a little bit and actually just be just be Filipino on a Broadway stage and just live through live your fullest self um it just you could see the joy on everyone's faces every single night I think it was no one in that room did not know the joy that was in <laughs> put into this show because there was so much love and just the community that brought it all together um and did your relationship with your culture change while you were in the show because I know some people rediscovered it some people just made it even more part of their lives so what was that like for you at, like absolutely it it completely changed things for me I think I'm again very lucky in that I, I grew up in Washington and a lot of my Filipino family lives there um, I still have a lot of family back in the Philippines and across the U.S. but most of them live in Washington so I grew up getting to see my Filipino relatives a lot and getting to be around the culture a lot. But I also think that we were very Americanized because I know when they moved here, um, my mom was 12 and they weren't allowed to speak um, their language anymore. Um, my my mother is Ilocano, so they would speak Ilocano, not Tagalog, but um, they weren't allowed to speak Ilocano anymore. Um, they wanted to make sure that um, they really acclimated to living in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's part of why I don't speak the language because my mom can't speak the language as much anymore. Um, and 
like why I don't I didn't know anything about the history of the Philippines growing up because it just was never talked about mm-hmm. um and so getting to do this show I found myself re reconnecting to my culture in a way that I hadn't before with such pride and I like as we were learning about the history I would like text my mom and be like did you know about this like how come we've never talked about this and she was like well we just you know we weren't necessarily allowed to talk about it um and so it it was I like I I tried to start learning Tagalog I did I think through Here Lies Love learn certain phrases that have become a part of my vernacular. And I think um, especially with my uh, friendship with Nathan, he's very good about just like speaking to me in Tagalog sometimes, or he'll even text me certain things. And I I like, I, I don't know how to translate it, but I know what he's saying to me now usually. uh so I I like learned a lot in that way learned a lot about like just culturally what is inherently a Filipino thing because there are certain things that I just thought that like everyone did or knew about yes I learned through this experience I was like oh no this is this is an us thing this is something that we do because of uh we are Filipino and that's really wonderful Mm -hmm. um and I started cooking Filipino food a lot more. Um, prior to the show, like I learned how to cook chicken adobo because it's actually relatively easy. I think that's like one of the easier Filipino yeah. things you can cook. Um, learned how to cook pancit for the first time. Um, I'm actually making it this weekend because I need to meal prep for dinners. Um, so pancit was a big one for me and then there's I learned how to make pork adobo which I had never done before it's the same as chicken adobo but I was always scared to use pork um learned how to make this vegetarian Filipino dish that my mom would make using mango beans that are they're like lentils sort of I don't know but you have to like cook them in a very specific way so I had her teach me how to do that Mm. Um, when I went home I I got an actual Filipino cookbook from one of my aunts because I was like I need to I want to know how to like actually cook things and I know you guys can't teach me because you don't know how you're actually cooking it you just do it um Oh, she um, both my grandmothers tell me to google things and i'm like but i want to learn from like if i'm trying to learn i want to learn from you <laughs> right exactly i'm like i want to know how you do it like i like how you do it but this cookbook i found out um my my lolo and my lola were like taste testers for it so everyone in my family has this cookbook Mm-hmm. um so I'm like okay I think this is this is the right one to have and to take from if I need to but I definitely I reconnected to being Filipino in a very new way 
I don't think there's a single person that doesn't know I'm Filipino now. Um, and I, I feel like I always got so excited when I met other Filipino people, but now it just like means something extra to me, I feel like, and gives me a jumping off point. Um, like our, our new alphabet standby at Wicked, uh, Alyssa de Guzman is. I saw her actually here in Boston, like last year or so, or maybe two years ago or something when they were here. And I remember it was like Asian alphabet. (laughs) Alphabet. Um. I was so excited to have another Filipino in the building. And I was like, like the first time she went on, I was like, guys, I'm not the only Filipino on stage today. (laughs) Like for me, like coming from a show where like that was happening every day to being one of the only Asian people in the cast was like, it was wild. And like, I... It's, I still love the people at Wicked and I connect them in a, in a completely different way, but to have like, just, just to know that there was like another person on stage with me that shared the same kind of culture and upbringing that I did was really special. Yeah, no, that's, I, I remember seeing <clears throat> that she was going to join the cast and I was like, yes, like she's so good. Um, and the fact that you two are both now in the show together is so special and just like hopefully like keep inching towards you know taking over wicked come on asians we can do it <laughs> um but yeah. yeah the fact that you are reconnecting so much with your culture is beautiful and i know i'm trying to learn mandarin soon hopefully i'm like language is such a hard thing when you're asian american where it's like if you don't speak the language are you re- like how Asian really are you or can you connect with people in the same way if you can't speak it's just it's a very difficult thing but like you know when you're taking steps toward it that's all you can really do to just try and reconnect and learn more about that part of yourself um you know just for yourself um and like what was your reaction to like being in such a revolutionary show like here lies love and being on a dance floor every night getting to figure that out of what it was like to not have a normal stage and just have a totally interesting backstage track and do all of that stuff i mean that was that was revolutionary in theater it was it was really really wild um i didn't really understand what I was walking into in the audition process. Um, And it wasn't, I think, until after I actually like got the call that I had booked the show that I started looking into more of like what it was like Um, because there's no footage on the internet because it existed prior to like bootlegs being really able to see anything. Plus, I don't know how you would film a bootleg of this show at all. Um, And so it definitely, it took some navigating. Like you couldn't necessarily use the same stage directions like downstage and upstage because everyone's all over the place. And I think one of the hardest things was figuring out um, sound because if you were too far away from each other it sounded like you were singing at completely different times yeah, um, 
a little bit. It's 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 a different thing to figure out. I know I think I heard like in um why don't you love me? Like when people are up there and people over here and someone's in the middle, like it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I would it, that was definitely a big learning curve that I feel like we worked on through like all of tech and all of previews and we're still even after we opened trying to figure out how we could make that better. Um but it was a, it was a lot of experimentation and i think alex timbers is fucking brilliant in that he like every every day we went into rehearsal during the previews process i was like i don't know how we could make this any better and then he would top it and i was like how like and like he would be like we're gonna try this like radical change today um and every time he did it i was like God, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, I can't believe we weren't doing that before. Like, of course we would do that. Yeah. Um, so it took it took a lot of experimentation. And I think with a leader like Alex, he made that process feel um, collaborative and stress-free, which was really nice. Um, and I think... And I, I hate to compare the two shows, but I the only reason I do is because they were so different that I like almost can't compare them to each other. Um, but like coming from Wicked, where like not only is it now the fourth longest running show on Broadway, but it is very, I mean, at the time it came out, it wasn't, but like traditional theater in the sense that we're on a normal proscenium stage and doing all of the things and you have your normal backstage track and the thing runs like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um, so coming into something that was brand new and you were creating the track, um, I think I also like for myself was like, okay, if anyone ever has to do my track in the future, I'm going to make it as easy as possible for them backstage. Because mm -hmm. I know that like in learning a new, learning a new track in a show, sometimes you'd be like, God, I don't know why we do this here. This doesn't make any sense. And they're like, well, it's because the original person did that. And I'm like, well, <gasps> I'm sure that no one doing Corey in the future has to deal with some bullshit backstage because <laughs> that's crazy to me. Um, it definitely, yeah, there was a big learning curve, but it, it became so normal so quickly that whenever like I had someone new come and see the show that didn't really like know what they were getting into, they would be like, that was like insane. They were like, it the transformation in the theater is crazy. And like, I can't, like you guys were like everywhere. I'm like, yeah. Like so it just like, to me, I'm like, like, yeah. Cause yeah. we got we used to it. Even in the rehearsal space, like we had all those platforms built out for us. So it just like, it felt so normal so quickly to work in that way that it, it the novelty wore off pretty yeah. like like pretty fast um but it definitely was wild at first to get used to <laughs> I remember stepping into like because the first time I saw it I was on I was in the mezzanine like the rear mez and then the second time I was like on the floor and I was like whoa what is going on and like this was before I knew all the great places to stand thanks to Aaliyah ah. um <laughs> before I learned her little, her little track and then took yeah. it 
the first time I saw it, I was like, what is going on? I don't know what I'm doing. And like, it is so overwhelming in a way, but it's so cool at the same time. Like it's overwhelming, but it's okay. And it's fun because it is overwhelming and because there's so much going on. Um, it's like, it's just an energy ball of a show. It's like, they just, they just chuck some energy at you um, <laughs> and having having a totally different experience than sitting in a theater. I mean, I was at Angeliet in December and I f was like, I wish I could stand up right now and like dance and sing along. I was like, what is this isn't this isn't as fun anymore to watch Broadway shows I'm like here lies love <laughs> ruin Broadway for me. No, <laughs> but, like, it's a experience where like you know, where you can stand up and sing and dance and then you have to just kind of sit like a normal theater goer. Um, yeah. now, but you know, it's, it's all fun and it's all so, so amazing. Um, and so kind of the last two questions to wrap it up, like what is your advice for Filipino young Asian youth like wanting to pursue this industry? Mm. Allow yourself to decide what your limits are. Um, I think a lot of, not just Filipino actors or dancers, but you know, Asian actors and dancers in general get told what we can and cannot do, um, what roles we can and cannot play. And I thought that I had to put parts of my identity aside, not only to be accepted in the industry, but like socially and um, to be able to play the roles that I wanted to play like I I want to be Velma, I want to be Roxy, I want to I want to be Sally Bowles. And I was like, well, I can't bring my Filipino-ness to those things. And I I don't think that's true anymore. I think that you two things can exist at once. I am Filipino and I could also play Sally Bowles in Cabaret. I think that you can continue to embrace and take pride in your culture while pursuing whatever the hell you want to do. Um, and there are gonna be people that tell you that that's wrong and you just have to continue to prove them wrong. Yeah, no, that's perfect advice. I think there is so much power in just being yourself and not having to hide as much as what the world tells you to. I think I've been trying to do that a lot more in the past couple of years of just like not hiding that part of yourself or feeling like it needs to be something that people can't see where people will be like, oh, I didn't even think you were Asian, but like, no, I know you're Asian. And I think that's awesome for you that you're just embracing it instead of hiding it away in some corner just to just to sit there. Um, and what does representation mean to you? Just representation in general. <laughs> it's 
It can be done very well and it can be done incorrectly, in my opinion. Um, I think there's something really special about seeing a version of yourself on stage. And I know that for every single person that was in the company of Here Lies Love, like working with Leia Salonga was probably one of the most insane things simply because she was such a trailblazer for all of us and like I like I don't think there's a single person in that company that wasn't like yeah I I believed that I could do this because Leia did this yeah um, and that was something really special and something we made sure that she knew <laughs> um uh we wanted her to know that like we are here because you were there and um that is really special and I think that not every representation of being Filipino on a stage is fantastic um I was so disappointed by Joe Coy at the Golden Globes because I was so pumped for a Filipino to be hosting. Um, and then for it to have gone so poorly, I wanted to be like, no, but like, I know we can do better than this. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a, a responsibility that as a performer, I don't take lightly. Um, I know that I am in a way representing a people, um, whether I like it or not. I am Filipino and I'm going to be representative of Filipino people in a lot of the companies that I'm in because I might, in most of the companies I'm in, be the only one. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, it's a big, it's a big responsibility. And I think it's one that no Filipino actor no actor in general no matter what you're representing whether you're queer whether you're um whether you're BIPOC whether it's any of those things um being a good representation for generations to come I think is a really important thing and a big responsibility yeah well definitely I think as people of color you know you step in a room and that's a statement in itself. It's just being there and taking up that space of being like, yeah, we exist. <laughs> Maybe you don't see many people like me, but they do exist, I promise. Um, and just wanting to do the best you can for your community, because that may be the only kind of representation they see in a certain show or a certain, you know, anything really of just, yeah, I'm here and we can, we can do that. And, you know, here lies love as in just an Asian person, not necessarily Filipino, not necessarily like my family went through that. It's like, but yeah, I still saw myself so much through the show Here Lies Love. I, you know, been inspired by Leia and Ariel and, and Julia even in K-pop, like those kinds of things, it just, it changes people's lives. And it's definitely changed mine so much for good. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but it's just the fact that there is some change happening in our industry, <laughs> just a little bit, and you know, but small small steps, small steps, but it's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. I'm so just thankful that I was able to see the show the seven times that I did um, and get to meet people like you and just everyone else in the company because truly there was nothing like that stage door every single time it was so much just love and happiness in that and so much care for the people that were waiting outside too um, and yeah just I have the best memories from seeing Hair Lies Love like ever even the times when I sat by myself I was like this is the best day ever um, <laughs> and there's really there was nothing like it and I'm just so glad we have all the memories um, of the show and that we're able to you know keep highlighting people like you and people from that company because it was such a game changer for Broadway and really broke the ceiling of what is possible. Um, so yeah, is there is there a way that we can continue to keep supporting you in your journey, either on Broadway or just in other projects? Like, I don't know, plug whatever you want to, either whether it be social media or something you're working on and anything. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if you want to, I'm very open on social media. I feel like I talk about everything and anything on there, including like what I talk about in therapy a lot. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Christina.Doucette. Um, post a lot on there. And um, if I am doing new projects, it'll be posted on there. I also have a website. If you want to find that, it's ChristinaDoucette.com. Um but other than that, you can find me in Wicked until March 24th, as of right now. That's my ending date. And then I, I don't have anything planned after that. So we'll see where the year takes me. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, you spent the last last year on Broadway. It's like, even if that is a little bit of a break, I'm like, we know you'll be back. <laughs> because yeah. you're such an incredible person and just performer and just you emanate so much joy um, anytime that you're on stage. So, so happy to talk to you today. Thank you to everyone who's going to be listening to this episode. Make sure to keep following Christina because they are incredible. Um, and just keep, keep your ears open for more episodes in the future. So we'll see you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to Broadway Corner with Ashley Hall. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time.